Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Take it, take it. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the trolley, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. Well, the first thing that occurs to me, Andrew, is if as much time did passes... You call me I did. Wow. You know, my, my mother, in the majority of my life, was the only person, only person, who regularly called me by my <laughs> by name, Andrew. Yes. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope she's watching somewhere. Yeah, she she'll, be, be. she'll be proud of me. She will be. Um, yes, if if as much time passes between the recording of our third podcast <laughs> as, as between well, the first and second, we'll be doing the third one post-World Cup here in <laughs> Qatar 2022. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is fair to say that a number of different factors have stopped us following up on the first. Mm. Thank you to all of you who were interested um, and had something to say about that particular edition, and it has inspired us, Andrew, to go forward a recording on a weekly basis now. Yeah. I would like to yeah, think. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Uh, so, since we last sat oh, in, in the Grey Lounge, <laughs> an awful lot has happened. Um, the world has changed. <laughs> the world has changed dramatically. Football has changed. Um, handball law has changed. And back again. No. It's almost back to normal. It's almost back to pre... to pre... Whatever it is we're doing. Well, yes and no. <laughs> you see, I don't think that... I, I think this week's meeting has once again muddied the water to a point whereby we will only continue to argue between now and the end of the season about all of the same things because nothing really has changed. The one that irritated most of us was the one that was giving us Eric Dyer, and that's going to continue to be a penalty. Yeah, I've got a here in front of me as well the, 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 what they've told us. Changes in the approach... I just I read these this morning before we came to do this, right? And I, when I read these, it's almost like a handball pre VAR. Almost. All, all the things I'm reading mm. here, uh, you won't be 
uh, position of the arm, when the arm is in an expected position, given a player's action, right? Ability to react, we know that. Direct shot at goal, we know that. I just think that's exactly where we were. We were, but but there will be confusion over the half sleeve. Um, <laughs> you know, w- whereas at one time the arm was just that to the top of the shoulder. It isn't anymore, and and the half sleeve is not really where we should be drawing the line. As you've said many times on being sports already, the line comes from the top of the armpit, yes, which takes it beyond the sleeve. Correct. So there's an area of contention straight away. Sure. And did you know the Robin Koch one? Leeds? That will continue to be, be a, penalty a penalty because his body was... was was His arm was in an unnatural position. That's just, no, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't, but that's, that's the argument. Of course, do you know what the, of course it wasn't. Do you know what they, they didn't decide on that one as well? Who decides whether Mo Salah's shot is on target or not? Because um, I didn't think it was. Well, you see, that'll be the guy continually sitting in VAR. See, nothing's really changed. This is my problem. Yeah. Uh, at the start of the season, week one, I bought into mm-hmm. uh, referees going to the monitors. That's all we'd asked for. That yes. The match day referee ultimately made the decision about what was happening in the football match. Well, that's not the case. It, it's to this point, no referee has gone to a monitor and stood by his original call. Right. They've all been told, in my view, <laughs> yeah. that they need to change their mind. And each and every one has, including Martin Atkinson, who gave the Lindelof penalty, and now we all agree shouldn't have done. Yep. Agreed? Yes, agreed. 100%. But he changed his mind. Nobody's gone to a monitor and said, no, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy with the decision I made. They've all overturned their original call, oh, which, which tells me that, 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 that Stockley Park are still... Ruling the roost. Now, you know the easy change now that will, that will prove me wrong? A letters listen in oh. to the conversations that take place between the referee and Stockley Park. Why not? Everybody. There is no good Everybody reason Everybody listening. To. You mean viewers? All of us. Viewers? Absolutely. As happens in MLS. Not just no. commentary teams? Everybody. Educators. Help educators. Mm-hmm. Let us listen. What, what, what is it you're discussing? If you have nothing to hide... If you're not scared of it. Why would you not do that? Why would you not help us all? Every, COVID has, has adversely affected everything, Andy, to the point whereby no one's in grounds. This is a wonderful opportunity to educate everybody, mm-hmm. like you did when we started out in yeah. 92 and changed, yeah. changed analysis. Let us listen. What are you saying? Why are you giving that decision? L- l- give us the ability to join in, if you like, by just listening and... and, and if there's nothing, I, I repeat, I if there's nothing petrified. to hide, why? Well, I just think there would be. I think I don't know what the conversations are, but you can imagine them. There's a referee sitting in Stockley Park. There's a referee walking to a monitor uh, who's made a decision. What does that referee in Stockley Park say? Does he say, I think you're wrong? Yes. Or Sim- does he Sim- say, I think it's Simon Hooper it was, wasn't it? it? The, the award uh, when Connolly wasn't given a pen at Brighton. Yeah, yeah. He initiated the contract. Uh, a contact, it's a dive. Well, neither of those two things are a factor. It, no, it, they're not. It, it wasn't, and whoever initiates the contact is an irrelevance. It's irrelevant. So, so let us listen in. <laughs> let us hear what you're actually saying, and I think the game would be better for it. I cannot think of a good reason why not. I can. Mike Riley. That's the only one. Well, there you go. I'll give uh, you well, I'll give you another one. <laughs> David Ellery. Brilliant piece from Sam Wallace in The Telegraph Thursday. How many law changes has David Ellery come up with since he took over as... Um, What's, what is his title? Managing, I'm looking for it yeah, here. Okay, He's okay. in charge at IFAB. Lovely. IFAB assumed ju- jurisdiction from FIFA uh, in, in 2017. How many so. directly attributed to him? Law changes, yes. I would say, OK, uh, kick-off. His. Mm-hmm. 
Um, being able to play a goal kick into your penalty area, I think that's his. Mm -hmm. That's two. Uh, I'll go. I'll give. I'll double it. I'll say four. Mm. You're 174 short. <laughs> I didn't even know there were 174. 178 law changes he's oh, been responsible for, including the colour of the tape on the socks, to passing the ball backwards from the kickoff, to a complete revision of the handball laws. That means the game finds itself in the handball chaos it does yeah. now. Uh, uh, there are many others that I could mention. Wow. 100. And 78 law changes. The, 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 the game, I, I keep listening to people last weekend, people at, who have been in the game for such a long time, love this sport, live, eat and breathe this sport. People like Steve Bruce, people like Roy Hodgson. And they keep going on about this is a sport that didn't need, it needed tweaking to take it into the 21st century, in my opinion. It didn't need changing to the dramatic way that we have changed it. And when you hear these people talk with such passion and, and to using things like they're destroying our game, well, I, I, it's, it's unbelievable, you, Richard. You can find this article online, obviously, and, and, and I, I encourage everybody to do so. I'd, I'd love to read it to you in its entirety, but the last paragraph. Ellery is already past 11 rewrites of the VAR protocol. Wow. Well, that alone Still should... ultimately <laughs> undermined by its obsession with correcting clear and obvious errors which is all a matter of opinion. Instead of simply all errors, all errors, which would have included the goal that Sheffield United thought they got at Villa. His new handball law meant that in La Liga in Spain and Italy's Serie A, which implemented the hardline interpretation yeah, last yeah, season, they experienced a dramatic spike in penalties, uh, 48 and 57 respectively, yeah. compared to 20 in the Premier League. That is the effect of the tinkering of Ifab and Ellery, a man who seems determined to pursue change, whether we like it or not. Um, David Ellery's another it's man. It's a change for change six, as far he's as he's another man, Andy, who, whose whose opinion he believes uh, to be correct and he respects. Uh, it's staggering entirely. Can I ask you this? You, you can tell me why do these two individuals command such power over football and its laws? Why are we allowing it? Why does football, as Roy Hodgson says, we need to take football back from people who don't know football? I've, I, you know, I used to say these people, David Ellery and people like that, know the laws. Actually, I'm not so sure they do know the laws anymore. <laughs> well, they... Right? But they don't know the game, and I stand by that. These people do not know football. Well, they, they know the laws the of the game, but, but, but the what laws. you're saying is they don't understand they the don't game understand itself. the game. No, they don't. Uh, no, that's true. Um, David wasn't necessarily a particularly good referee, uh, in my view, uh, enormously overpromoted, and I would say exactly the same about Mike Riley. But Mike, Mike, that's Chesterfield. Mike did tell well. You. After, yeah, <laughs> Mike did what Richard Scudamore wanted him to do. What Mike Foster, who's now the chairman of the PGMOL, asks him to do. So he's a very useful man to have in that post. You don't want resistance if you're management of a senior level in an organisation. Why do people, do when they go into a, a, a sport like football, and it's such a huge... It has got bigger and bigger over the last 30 years. There's absolutely no doubt about that. It's grown so much so. But why do people, when they go into these positions, go power mad? Why do they think they have to... Why do they think, I have to change it? Is it almost justifying the position? In some ways, yeah. Why change it? If, if it ain't broke, that, that old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, I think their adage is, if it ain't broke... Break it. Yes. <laughs> well, let me tell you, David, and who's the other one? Mike. Ah, David yeah. and Mike, you're doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the meeting this week, we reported on being Sports first on Monday night, mm. the, the, the slight changes. Um, uh, there was a meeting this week, Andy, um, 
at which broadcasters, press and, and the PGMOL sat down to discuss. Um, it, it's, it's, look, look at that from a different perspective. So already this season, we've adversely affected the, the, the fortunes of Crystal Palace, Manchester United, Brighton and a whole lot of others yeah. that going forward Spurs. will be different. Spurs. So, you know, how, how can that be a fair and level playing field? But, but nothing will change. We will continue to argue about handball all season long, I promise you. Yeah, I'm, I just one more on this, because I got this, the, the IFAB thing through this morning, Rich, with all the pictures showing why it would be a handball. When I, I, was, I was looking at Eric Dyers. This is the one that, that, that fascinates me, because nobody who's played the game can understand what they're talking about, why Eric Dyers should, re, should remain a penalty. And what they've done beautifully and the presentation here, I've got it here, can sit ball touches hand or arm, that is clearly, clearly raised above the shoulder. Now, everyone who's played the game knows that when you're backing and you jump, you can't jump without your arms going above your shoulders, right? But where they've frozen the picture for the dire one is after the ball has hit his arm, which is below his shoulder length, mm. right? It's below it. And his hand is above it. As he, so they've, they've moved it on a couple of frames so that the ball's gone away, but his, his arm, his hand, like that, is a little bit above his shoulder. So emphasising that the fact is, if they'd actually put the picture where the ball hit in his arm, right, from Andy Carroll's header, it would be below his shoulder. Well, this, this is so been, this is the nonsense that they're putting yeah, out there. The, the, but this has been our argument, again, on uh, something we've discussed on being Sports time and time again over the last season. With offside, they show us a couple of lines, but they haven't shown us in the same picture at what point they're taking that line. No. Where is the ball? Yeah. Has it left the foot by a yeah. second? If it's left the foot by a second, it's 25 makes a frame. big difference. 25 frames, isn't it? A makes second. a big, big difference. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I, I didn't intend to uh, no. concentrate. No, VAR. <laughs> we can't get we do that. have a guest upcoming, um, very good friend, Andy, of, of mm. ours. Uh, I've known for a long, long time. Um, uh, we ran into him many years ago in the Leeds yeah. car park, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. Um, he was chief football writer then, I think, for the Daily Mail. I'll, I'll run through all this again with him in a moment. Um, but he'd, he'd, he'd written about uh, attendances being yes. down in the Premier yes. League as a result of television, yes. Sky's derogatory influence yes. on the game. Yes. Uh, and, and the point you made to him was that, that actually all the stadiums had, had been, been rebuilt, been rebuilt at that time. So seats were being put course, in and everything like that. <laughs> it's a little bit... It reminded me that of, 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 of your view on where, where to stop the, the game, which frame. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was fairly obvious to us, but not most others. Yeah, we had, it, we had a, a, a nice debate, and Neil um, was offering his opinion, and I was offering mine. It was, it was, it was quite sparky, but I knew, I knew Neil from my time at, at Villa as well. He worked for the Birmingham Evening Mail as well in the seven, late, seven, mid to late 70s. So I knew him quite well from then. When you had the club? Yes, yes. The Holy City Zoo? The Holy City Zoo. My goodness. Mm. My goodness, how did I get away with that? <laughs> 1979. Well, you didn't just get away with it. As you told us in the opening podcast, Ron Saunders almost encouraged you. Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, certainly gave you the permission to, to, to be a club to owner. Go to go and open it. <laughs> yeah. He must have knew he was selling me. Anyway, just a couple of uh, 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 pieces of housekeeping. Thank you for all of you who, who took the time to post, email and get in touch with encouraging messages after our debut podcast. Um, uh, as Andy will tell you, we don't need a lot of encouragement, in truth, do we? But. No. Uh, um, this is an exclusive podcast. You won't find us anywhere else, so do follow and subscribe. Share on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. Uh, you can follow us and get in touch via Twitter at Keys and Gray Pod and on Instagram at Keys and Gray The Podcast. Email too. Um, 
Keys and Grey, the podcast at gmail.com. And so, too, our guest, Andy. Um, I, I did say to you a little earlier, I wonder if he remembers the incident at Elland Road where you trapped his tie in my... Uh that was an accident. Passenger door window. It was an accident. It was, it was an but 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 he, he let in too far. You you berated him for his he was view. invading my space. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fairness, we chased after him because he'd written an article in the Mail suggesting that Sky had adversely affected crowds in the Premier League. Right. You made the point to him a little a little aggressively. Well, I was defending my sport. You well, you your your broadcast. Um, company, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the reason for that was half the stadiums had been knocked down because yes. they were being rebuilt. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not sure Neil ever really got the chance to reply before we drove <laughs> off. So here is Neil Harmon, former chief sports writer, chief football writer of the Daily Mail, and, uh, and many other guys down the years. Neil, how are you? Hi, Neil. Hi, hi, guys. I just say it's an absolute pleasure to hear your voices again. That that, that one hasn't slipped my memory. I, I, I've, still, I've, I've still got the tie that's slightly torn in torn in half. But, uh, well, Neil, it wasn't no, my fault really... that having accidentally trapped it, Keezy decided to drive away with you stuck to the car. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> was, it in the, was it the Portland Hotel? I seem to think it might have been. No, it was, it was, it the, was, the, Ellen, it was the Ellen Road car park. Yeah. Because we, we oh, just... the Ellen Road car park? Oh, yes. That, oh, that, that, that incident. Yes, that yes, incident. That yes, yeah. We we just finished, and 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 I, I said to Andy, I said, "Hold on, does that mean there was more than one?" <laughs> you? Probably. So there he is. Probably. Uh, do you remember the article? Just before we talk about the book, do you remember the article? And and be honest now. To what extent did the Daily Mail want Sky to fail? I don't think it was. I, I can't imagine that. That let's be, let's put it this way. Uh, at that stage. Um, in my in my time as as the chief football writer, I wasn't told what to write because in the end, I'm afraid my my demise there was was was, uh, was the fault of a sports editor who rather decided that he knew everything and I knew nothing. At that stage, I think I knew a little bit more about yeah. what was going on. Uh, but that there was it was never my intention to suggest. I mean, let's be fair, Richard. Um, Sky Sports was very very good to the to the press in those days. I mean, you actually. There was actually a show in which we were invited yeah, on right. yeah, yeah. Yes. To, to give our opinions. Hold, yes. hold the back page, as it was initially called. Well, you see, you all uh, you all fell for the three card trick because I I, I can tell you the, the 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 reason for the um the hold the back page was very simple. Uh, as many of our best ideas um, <laughs> were born, it was in a pub, and we were discussing how how can we get the guys on side. Mm. And and it was Andy Melvin, our executive producer, who said, "Well, I've got this idea of a show where the press boys come in and you know they've got a beer and a cigarette and they all stand around this green baize because that that your archetypal press reporter at the time, and they just discuss football stories, and and they'll be so charmed by the fact we've given them airtime, they'll all change their minds about us. Genius. So yeah. that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. And didn't it work? Yes. I mean, yeah, to be fair, so. there are. There are certain of my number, some who are still with us and some some not, who who made who made a very considerable extra living on the back of mm. the publicity mm. that they got for being on that show. So uh, I thought it was wonderful. I suppose at that time I must I must just have thought that you you were to quote you adversely affecting Gates, and it was an <laughs> opinion, uh, and we were all. Uh, you know, we we were entitled to them in yeah, uh, in those course. days. Some are still, 
Uh, and I, I can understand why you took it as a bit of a personal affront, but it was never meant to be a criticism of the, of the company or what it did for football and what it, and what it, it continues to do for football, which I think is, for, for the most part, very, very positive. Yeah, I, I was interested, Neil, because I, you, you'll get it from our perspective as well. We were fighting everybody with not just one, yeah. but both hands tied behind Some our backs. It, it, was, it was a difficult period. And, and for sure, and I've said this many times, Fergie didn't want it to work. He did everything he could in his first six months to prove himself right that it would hmm. it would shut within that period of time but anyway the, just something you said there in those days you were able to write what you wanted to that 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 then latterly at the mail was not the case uh well i i lost my job well i walked away from it what, what i thought was probably the one of the best jobs in the in the game because i couldn't tolerate my copy being altered uh and usually to satisfy a particular sports editor's sense of vengeance against people who he had come up against in his <laughs> in a previous in a previous writing career. Mm. Uh, I'll leave it no more than that. But I couldn't I couldn't carry on well, well done having my copy yeah. having my copy altered. It just it just didn't sit fairly with me. And I was surprised that the that the, the Daily Mail actually sided with him rather than than me but i was one of i was one of many who left under his um, aegis so it wasn't just me so can I, is that a no-no if you're a, a respected journalist neil that your copy should be right. altered yes i mean is that like you just don't do that well the sub-editor can alter it can alter grammar he can come yes, on to you and that. say did you really mean to did you really mean to say this did you did you perhaps not not mean to say that but i'll give you a very quick example oh. i was with newcastle united in um Yugoslavia, it might, it might have become Serbia or Croatia by then, with, with, uh, with Kenny Dalglish uh, in the old UEFA Cup, if memory serves me right. And I wrote a story about this particular match. I think they were, I can't, gosh, Red Star Belgrade Red Star, comes to mind. I think they were be, playing. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the, the sub-editor rang me back and said, the sports editor's changed it. It's changed your story to say that if, if Newcastle don't win this tie, Kenny Dalglish will get the sack. <laughs> So I said, well, that's, sim that's simply not true. I didn't that's write that. I, I, I didn't, I, I, it was not, I said, I, he said, well, the, the sports editor insists that that goes in under wow. your name. I said, well, look, and I rang Sir John Hall, who was at the team hotel, and I said, John, this is what's going to appear in the Daily Mail tomorrow, just to warn you. And he said, well, it's frankly a complete bunch of lies. I said, well, I just don't want you to think that I've written it. I'm happy to send you what I've written so you know exactly what I've done. Well done. And the story appeared. The story appeared in the paper. And that was the thin end of the wedge wow. for me. I had to go. Quite wow. right. Well done. Good uh, just, I don't want to press you too far, but obviously I'm fascinated. Uh, is this former sports editor working in broadcasting now? Uh, sadly, he passed away. That's ah, his last one. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's not the uh, one he, I thought. He didn't write. He didn't work in broadcasting. No. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for clearing all of that up for us. Now, you, uh, this is extraordinary. Close quarters. Let me just read uh, some of the publicity um, surrounding the book. Close Quarters is the inspirational, against-the-odds story of Wickham Wanderers, the poorest club in League One, and how it shapes into a side that sustains a nine-month challenge for promotion for the, for, through the global, pande <laughs> through the global <laughs> pandemic um, and up through a playoff final. I, I mean, it's extraordinary, Neil, this. It's been so well-received, too. I'm delighted to say by former colleagues alike and others... Um, but but what on earth gave you the inspiration to think? Do you know what, I'm going to write a book about Wickham Wanderers? Why? <laughs> well, um, the the manager Gareth Ainsworth and I live about ten miles apart, and we often bumped into each other in a, in a coffee shop 
in uh, a nice town called Wokingham. Uh, and he, we, we, we got chatting one day, and I said, Gareth, you know, you've done a, you're about to become the longest-serving manager in, in the football league. Why don't, why don't we, why don't we do something together? Uh, and this was in June last year. He said, "Well, Neil," he said, "to be perfectly honest, we're going to have a shit season." He said, "We've got no money. We've got, we've got, we've got, no, we've got nine players. We had, we had nine players at the start of the, at the first practice session." Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really, really tough time. And to, to which my response was, well, if you think about it, Gareth, how many football league clubs are in your shoes? All right, you, mm. you may have less money than some and less players than others, but quite frankly, survival is the name of the game these days. And I think chronicling a season of survival would actually open a lot of people's eyes to how tough this bloody job is. Mm. And he said, after, after a, a few minutes and, and another couple of cappuccinos, he said, OK, let's do it. Uh, let me clear it with the chairman. Uh, and Wickham at that stage was, was run by a supporters' trust. Mm. And if he's happy to, to go along with it, the players will fall into line because that's the way I, I know what they're like. And if I say we should do this, they'll agree. And within a week, we, we signed a deal to, to, to do it, um, expecting it would be a traumatic well, it, 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 was, it was, but not quite in the. It was, but not in the sense in which we, in where we started out. Um, and literally within three weeks, the, the the new prospective new owner had appeared on the scene from Louisiana, of all places. Uh, you couldn't, uh, you know, a lawyer who had no uh, no course. kind of yeah, inside track on English football at all. That's the norm apart these days. From, but, that's the norm. Standard apart, football owner. I know, it, <laughs> But it, the, the funny the thing was, as I learned later, he'd actually had a chance to buy Yeovil and they had uh, kind of reneged on it. And then he took it upon himself to ring Steve Dale at, um, at Bury uh, uh. with an offer. <laughs> really? And we all know. Yeah, he did. I didn't know this when we when we when we had our first two or three conversations. And he said, uh, this this guy's a screwball. That was his, that was his exact words. Uh, well, he, he, he found out, tell... Neil, what the rest of us subsequently did, yeah. sadly, for yeah. Barry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, he said, I, I asked this guy, tell me what, how much you want. And he wouldn't tell me. So I said, well, that's it. I can't deal with this fella. Um, what's next? And he was recommended Wickham. So he, he turned up. He said, oh, it's nice. It's not far from Heathrow Airport. Seemed like decent people. How much do you want? And uh, the chairman said, well, we, we'd like half a million please. And he said, before I knew it, I'd signed the cheque. So, <laughs> so then I went home and told my wife. He said, I know I must be crackers. Um, so on, on the basis of that, he appeared, he appeared and he spoke to the fans and he spoke to the players. And it was, it was quite an astonishing situation where they actually needed 75% of the, uh, the supporters' trust approving him to be approved. Which is quite a, which is quite a significant. I mean, it's normally fifty, you know, yeah, yeah. fifty-one, but seventy-five is cutting it fine. He actually got ninety-five in wow. the end of, of support, and so it went on, and so it went on, and within within a month of the start of the season, Wickham were top of the table. Yes. So we're we're yes. kind of we're of going so, yeah. we're in the canteen looking at each other, saying, "Is is this for, is this for real? <laughs> <laughs> When's it going to end? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were supposed to be bottom. What's going yeah, on? And struggling. Uh, what are you doing to my I book? <laughs> <laughs> and so it went on, guys. So it went on, and it got crazier and crazier. Um, the one thing I did, I did find, um, which which 
to, to me was like going back in time 40 years when I started up in this crazy world of writing. The players were terrific. Mm. They bared their souls. I didn't think they would because I was a complete stranger to them. Mm. I, I, I could have been anybody. And their, their willingness to tell their stories, good and bad, because I said to them at the start, unless this book is, is true and authentic, it won't sell. People will see through it. Mm. And they were so honest. Isn't it refreshing? So it, 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 it takes very... me back to we were discussing when we started, when, when Shrevesy would wait in a tunnel for yeah. Dennis Wise at yes. Chelsea and say, hey, Den, you know, fancy coming on tomorrow night, 300 quid. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that in those days, but it's impossible yeah. now. And that's one of the beauties, I think, of football lower down, isn't it? Without, without a doubt. Um, you know, going on the coach the first time, I went with him to Rochdale of all, of all places. And I thought, well, me stepping onto the coach is, is one of those moments when you, you look at their faces and you wonder whether they're going to be, oh, God, he's, here he is. Yeah. Mm. Or it's a welcoming... And I remember Adebayo Akinfenwa, obviously the, you know, the, the brightest star in the Wickham Constellation, said, you're one of the team, bro. Yeah, That's you're nice. you're nice. one of us. That's yeah. nice. I had the um, opposite. I had the opposite, Neil. We used to travel with the bus. And, everybody it, it, did, though, they? Yeah, in, in Liverpool oh, and Everton. But they did in the, the Midlands. It, it was Howard Kendall said, you are no longer Press one of the team, bro. on the bus. See you. Get off. Howard threw you off. <laughs> Howard threw us off, Good yeah. Good lad. Well done, Howard. <laughs> That's what it all changed. <laughs> Howard thought he was a great man, Howard. Um, but, uh, no, so that so there I was. I was I was kind of embedded, almost, with the, with the team uh, in the dressing room, in the canteen, in the medical room, um, as they as they poured out their their emotions. So, it, if I say it was an easy book to write, um, it was it was only that because they made it very easy for me. I was trying to think of sort of sport. Isn't Alan Parry associated with Wickham? Alan Parry, yes, very much. <laughs> did he did massive, he have a massive. did he have a, a, a view on the book? Well, I've <laughs> seen Alan. Has. I saw Alan. I, he he was still reading it when I saw him on the first day of the season at the, ah. when they played Rotherham. Um, but I haven't, I haven't had an irate phone call yet, so I'm presuming. And he does get a, he, he does get a couple of mentions, as you can imagine. Yes. He gets a bit carried away. He, he, when, he, when he's the only, he's the only football commentator I know that's been on two disrepute charges. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I'm yes, not kidding. And, and, and of course, he was always our Monday night football commentator, yeah. Neil. And uh, yeah, tra- Trevor France, yeah, Trevor did the colour. And. Uh, this particular evening, um, it, Peter Indlove had been sent off playing for Birmingham, picked up two yellows. I think the ref was Rob Stiles. And obviously it was a fairly contentious uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we decided, well, we'll have to tiptoe around this, just get Trevor's view on it. Who told us, look, I think Rob's going to go and look at the two yellows. Yeah. You could appeal them in those days. Yeah. And he might overturn one. So therefore, you know, it, it's not red and Peter can play at the weekend. So we really all need to be careful about what we say and do when we come on air. So, all right, OK. So <laughs> you, you know where this is going. So, Trev, what's the situation? And he explained this all very gently. And he's a man of honour, this referee, and probably one of the best that I've seen and worked with. And, and we're expecting that things will go our way. Okay, thanks very much, Trev. Alan, well, we had that referee at Wickham two weeks ago. He's useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was a, uh, to carry on this talk, there was an incident at Bolton, at, at Bolton when uh, at Bolton this season, uh, I was actually invited into the, into the director's box, which was very nice, and Alan was in the row behind me. Um, Wick, Wick, uh, Wickham were one up, and uh, Onya Dinma went through on his own, round the keeper, the keeper brought him down. 
penalty. He's got to go off. He's got to go off. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like him. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like <laughs> <a bee. laughs> So, so I said, I said to Alan, don't you remember in 2016 they just slightly revamped the rules, and uh, if, if, if you're going away from goal and the referee deems it accidental, it's only a yellow card. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's got to go. He's got to go. <laughs> And of course, he didn't go. And um, oh, I'm anyway, so it. glad he's in the book, Neil. It wouldn't have been the same if you hadn't had a couple of party stories in that book, you know. Oh, he's just the best, Alan. Uh, so the book, Close Quarters, doesn't just live through the the pandemic, but what a way to conclude with a playoff final victory as well, and a promotion to the championship for the first time ever in the club's history. Yes, I, I actually thought the defining moment, though, guys, was when we. I say we. I shouldn't. Uh, the Royal we, we, oh, we, 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 yeah. we, we played Fleetwood in the, in the first semi-final, uh, the first leg of the semi-final up there. Yes, and, I remember. Uh, it, was a very t- it was a very tense day, poured with rain, and Gareth said to me, Could you, I'd want you to hear this, and he was, he was walking around the hotel foyer and kind of mumbling to himself, and he had a speech that he had in his head. He didn't want to read it out. He wanted to actually say it as, as, he, as he was in the room. So Richard Dobson, his, his brilliant number two, gave the tactical stuff. And Gareth just came in and said, right, he said, um, how, many, how many people in this room have been involved in playoffs before? And there was quite a distinct shuffling of chairs because there'd been League Two playoffs and League One matches that a few of the guys had been involved in. And he said, and he just went, he just, for the next 10 minutes, he gave a speech that Richard III would have been proud of about family and about we're all in this together. That sounds a bit glib, but I want you, there's no fans here, so you need to be your own fans. You've kept in touch with each other during the pandemic. I haven't told you to do that. Your family, go out there and imagine all the moments when you when you felt like you were a kid again. Bring that to the, I believe in you 100%, bring that to the game and you'll win. And it was such a powerful mm. Um, moment and, I, and, we, and within a minute they've taken the lead and it's just as though it was it was it was it was destined to be the semi-final uh the final um at Wembley it was a, a peculiar peculiar occasion the Oxford guys were very were very confident um and they beaten Wickham in the, in the only time they played in the league because the home match was postponed because of the because of the Covid um and to be fair it was a typical Wickham performance got a goal from a from a set piece conceded a goal when the guy was meant to cross it and cross it into the net and then won it with, and won it with a penalty 10 minutes from time uh, it was it was so typical Wickham um and uh, it was a it, it, the prelude to a, a quite an incredible evening as, as you boys can possibly yeah. imagine uh, well Gareth and has been brought he, up the right way as a former yeah, don of course so he knows fantastic to his parents are, his parents are wonderful uh, his family is very strong he, he's He's very secure in his in his own being. He looks now, at I know he, he, looks, he at, looks at Neil when you see him on the touchline. I don't know him very well, but you know he carries himself well. Yeah, it's true, Andy. The, the one thing about Gareth is he keeps going. He said football isn't my isn't my be all and end all. Mm-hmm. He's got his music. He's got his he's got his kids. And I think I honestly think if they went down and they said sorry, Gareth, he'd go okay. I'll go and I'll go and you know lead my band for the next five years yeah I, I hope uh, it's not the case I saw a piece recently with him where he said that, I, that, that they tell me if I cut my hair I'd get a bigger job well I hope that isn't the case <laughs> no that shouldn't be really? a bar to him getting a bigger job should it no it, it shouldn't although it's funny because he was interviewed for the Sunderland job um, midway during the season before Phil Parkinson got it 
and a lot of a lot of the the, the social media reaction is, do we want this punk managing Sunderland? Yeah, it's a shame. Um, it's wrong. I, it is ridiculous. It, it's terribly wrong, and I actually think they probably would have gone up if he if he if he'd um, point, yeah. taken over. Mm. Um, but that's the way that's the way people view. You know, why should the length of your hair have any bearing exactly. on your talent as a, as, as anything? Uh, regarding the book, a beautiful piece of work. So says Mike Ingham, former BBC football correspondent. Excellent book on a triumphal season. Ollie Holt from the Mail on Sunday, and a story well worth telling, recounted with almost excessive attention to detail. Uplifting. Patrick Collins, former. Nice. Sports Writer of the Year at the Daily Mail, of course. Uh, Neil, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. And um, I, I, I have to confess I am not through, but I've already started the book and, and thoroughly looking forward to completing it. Uh, it's been great to talk again, my friend. It has been. It has been, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, Richard and Andy, really terrific. And good luck to you. And uh, I'm, I'm on to my next project now, which may not be football, but maybe we'll chat about that in a year's time. A- anytime, Neil, Sounds that like you are idea. available to join us, we are more than happy to, sh- to, like to, idea, to share Neil. thoughts yeah. and memories with you. And if nothing else, we'll see you here in 2022. Yes, of course we will. Thanks, thanks guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Neil. Neil. All the best. Neil Harmon, and uh, thanks once again. Yes, <laughs> thanks once again, Neil, for taking time. I'm so with glad us. he's got Paddy and Alan Paddy in his book. Absolutely, and, and, and to all of you at Wickham, good luck to you. I, yes. I, I really, really hope that the season works out as you would wish. Tough start, I, I, well, stick and, in. I, I, but but Andy, it's like Akin Fenwa says, we, we we're here to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean that that's a throwback as well, isn't it? Of so it is. good luck to them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, briefly, uh, Everton in general, um, quite a start. Listen, you know me, I said to you last season, I said if, if he comes, Carlo, hungry, with his mojo, not just a payday, but he was really keen to, to go, we'd got ourselves a fantastic coach and manager. And I think that's been proven that he is serious. He's gone in there, he's had a look. He said, right, this is who I want to get uh, James Rodriguez and, and players of that standing. Um, was fantastic for the club. It gave them a lift. I think he's got them playing differently. I said that to you. Uh, to use modern phrases, he's got them playing through the lines much quicker. He doesn't mess about at the back too much. He doesn't like them popping it about 20 passes across the back four. Neither do I, neither do Evertonians. And he's got us moving forward. And I think he's got... Um, and you see that with Dominic Calvert-Lewin's start to the yeah, season. Yeah, I, I, a player that, again, we've discussed many times on being sports. I always mm. said, uh, you know, you, you've been a fan for a long time. I said to you, there's something there. The one thing I think Everton still miss is men. Um, I, I, Rodriguez was always going to start well in the sunshine on, on glorious <laughs> playing surfaces. <laughs> I'd like to see come November, December, January, what sort of impact he's having I then. I think we've got men. Um, I think Calvert-Lewin's growing into a man. But I but, think we have. I think I Alan, think it, I have to say, but enormously impressive. Exactly. Alan, I think, is a man. Uh, Andre Gomez, definitely a man. Um, Abdullah Dakori, definitely a man. I was concerned pre-season that they were going down the same route that they have the last three or four years, and there was too much Hollywood about it. No. And, and when Howard Kendall got things moving, it was with men. Yeah. And that's what Everton need right I now think to compete. I do. Richarlison, I think, he's, he's, he looks like he's really enjoying himself as well. And I think definitely, I think they've got a really good mix right now. Um, I know they're still keen. Um, they just bought Godfrey, I think, haven't they? Mm-hmm. 28 million from Norwich, uh, a centre-back. So it shows you he's a little bit worried about that area of the pitch. And Konku, who they've got left-back, I saw play in midweek, I think, in a, in, a, in a League Cup tie. I thought, who is this guy? Where is he, I, I where so, he got him from? It's, it's, it's so been I'm too hoping, long. I'm hoping. Listen, I, I, as every Evertonian will tell you, um, three or four results 
it's a wonderful start. It's great to enjoy it. Mm. It's great to be having the positive things to say. But no one's fooled as if to think that this is, uh, this is how it's going to be the whole season. I hope it is. And I've said to you, I think they've moved on. And I think there's a real chance now that uh, with the confidence that's flowing through this, this group right now, and it looks like it, you see them enjoying themselves hugely, Richard, on the football pitch. And you can't buy that. Players enjoying their work. It's, it's brilliant to see. Mm. OK, another reminder, this is an exclusive podcast. You won't find us anywhere else, so do follow and subscribe. Share on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. You can follow us and get in touch via Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod and on Instagram at Keys and Grey, the podcast. Email to Keys and Grey, the podcast at gmail.com. And all things being equal, wherever you've listened, you'll be doing so this same time next week. Absolutely. Enjoy. Look forward to it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.